The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Switch to, or will expand to, including a dear friend in our metta practice. So this um, moves us into the terrain of perhaps relationships that are a little more complicated. Um, we often, with our de- even with our dearest friends, um, have experiences that give us some rub. And uh, sometimes, again, because of the function of the metta practice is to bring um, what's not metta to the surface, sometimes that rub will kind of become apparent as we begin bringing this person into our mind. We bring into our mind this dear friend and um, we have this sense of wishing them well, but what pops into our mind is this thing that they did you know, last week that really annoyed us. So that this practice, again, that's part of the way this practice works, that it brings to the surface what's not metta to allow us to begin to recognize the difference what's what's metta what's not metta um the the teaching on metta gives us um includes a, an understanding that there are qualities that will come during this practice one is called the near enemy of metta which is um basically an, a a kind of sense of connection that has a neediness to it or has a sense of attachment to it a sense of I'm not okay unless I get something back from you. So that's a, a it's it's sometimes talked about as the near enemy because it's a quality sometimes that can be mistaken for this connection, but it has some it has some uh, stickiness to it. And the far enemy of metta is something that would not be mistaken for metta. It is the opposite quality, the, the quality of hatred of of aversion. And both of these can, can come up as we work with the, the dear friend. That sometimes the, it's a kind of a bargaining. Well, I will, I will love you if you'll love me back. Or, you know, I'll wish you to be well if I can get something from you. So that to begin to recognize when that, um, that comes in to our minds during the metta practice, or even the opposite quality, you know. Sometimes the feeling of what they did is like, oh, but they did that, but they did that, but they did that. So what I'd like to suggest, if you hear your mind going, but, 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 see if you can turn that to and. Yes, that happened, and may you be happy. So that it's, it's opening to the fact that, yes, that, that sense of conflict is there, and there is also this sense of connection. So that we, we see if we can allow what comes up for us, but not have it kind of block this sense of uh, moving towards connection. So with the dear friend... Um, you can play with this uh, yourself. Um, w- metta is often taught as a concentration practice, and I'll talk more about that um, 
after the sitting. Uh, I'll tell a little bit more about that after the sitting. And in being a concentration practice, um, it's usually most helpful in picking these beings that we're picking in these various categories that they not be someone you might be sexually attracted to. Um, what I found in my own practice of the metta that um, sometimes as the concentration begins to deepen, uh, really good feelings start to come through the body. And they can be very close to feelings of sexual arousal. And if you're sending metta to someone for whom it's possible (laughs) that you might be sexually attracted, it can get really confusing. So when I was doing this month of metta practice, I picked someone for whom it would not be possible. And when those feelings began to arise, the, the feelings are related to the, you know, the, the kind of, um, the deepening of concentration produces very lovely um, qualities in the, in the body. And, and I've, I've talked to a number of people who've done metta practice, and it seems that with the metta practice, I'm not sure why, but often those feelings do seem to get a, um, they can have a sexual feeling to them. And that's completely fine. But to just be clear um, that those feelings are coming as a result of the concentration rather than the person that you're connecting with in the metta. So it's if you're doing this as a, as a concentration practice, it's really, really helpful to not choose somebody you might be sexually attracted to. On a day like today or in your daily lives, um, the level of concentration that you might get to, or if you're doing it primarily to cultivate the quality of metta, it's not as, it's not as important to, um, to follow that guideline so strictly. So use your own, um, your own judgment about who would be a good uh, dear friend for you to connect with, with this, with this, <clears throat> with this category. So we'll begin this sitting um, by starting wherever it's easiest for you, with either self or benefactor. And then um, after some moments, some minutes, I'll suggest that you switch to the other of self or benefactor. And then after some minutes, I'll suggest that you switch to dear friend. So I'll offer a kind of a, uh, a timing through this for this period. But again, um, it's just a suggestion. It's kind of a reminder. So allowing your body to relax, to be as comfortable as possible. And connecting whichever is easiest for you benefactor or self. And start by connecting with qualities that you appreciate about this 
being. And beginning to offer the wishes of kindness, of goodwill. And now if you've been working with self, 
transitioning to benefactor and vice versa. And taking a few moments in this transition to recollect qualities that you appreciate. And beginning to wish. Offer the wishes of kindness, of goodwill.
Transitioning to a dear friend. Again, taking a few moments in this transition to reflect on some qualities that you appreciate about this dear friend. and offering the wishes of goodwill, of kindness to this friend. If as you're wishing these wishes of kindness to your friend, thoughts arise about suffering or struggle in their lives, see if the heart can be open to that and wish them freedom from that struggle.
If at any point you find working with the dear friend is bringing up difficulty for you and it's difficult to continue with the metta for your dear friend, it's fine to let yourself move back to metta for self or metta for benefactor. And when you're feeling a a little more refreshed, then again move to wishing metta for your dear friend.
So I mentioned earlier that metta is often taught as a concentration practice. I wanted to talk a little bit about how it works as a concentration practice. Um, As with the mindfulness practice, concentration develops through a continuity of attention on whatever it is that we're uh, bringing our attention to. And so in this case, (coughs) we are attending to this intention towards goodwill initially this is uh, the the phrases are an expression of that intention you know, we uh, express the intention may you be happy may I be happy <clears throat> and so initially the concentration develops just through the continuity of connecting with that intention so that continuity of connecting with that intention does two things for us in the metta practice it begins to cultivate the quality of metta itself over time, slowly. And the way this has worked, I've seen this working, actually. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but um, didn't quite follow through. <clears throat> so um, just saying the phrase, understanding the meaning, and then connecting into the area of the heart for me, you know, even when I'm not feeling anything, I mean, there are many times doing the metta practice that I'm not feeling that sense of warmth or connection or, or open-heartedness. It just kind of feels like flat or um, neutral or even a little dull or <clears throat> maybe even constricted. But if I'm willing to just in a very light way say the phrase, understand the meaning, and then connect back in with the area of the heart. What I've seen is it's, it almost can be as if, you know, that the phrase, saying the phrase and then connecting into the area of the heart, there may be just the tiniest little shift of a little letting go around whatever contraction is held. And if I can connect with that, it's like there's this little tiny ember of metta in there. And then... With each phrase, it's as if that ember, um, it's like the phrases are a bellows blowing on that ember. And um, I've seen it, I've seen myself from a place of kind of miserableness, just like, oh, I can't do this anymore, you know, just like I, I can't connect with the feelings. And just, okay, I can say the phrase and understand its meaning. I can just do that and then connect back in with the area of the heart. Doing that in a, in a kind of a light way, um, so this is pointing a little bit to the quality of effort in this practice. You know, the, the, the phrases said in a kind of a light, calm way in the mind, just saying the phrase, connecting with the, the experience in the area of the heart. Within, within a short period of time on that particular retreat, I found that the feeling of metta was just growing. Within, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, I was sitting in this pool of happiness. It's quite amazing to, to myself to see, okay, all I need to do to start when I'm feeling disconnected is just can I connect with the meaning and then check in, how does it impact me? <clears throat> so the, the concentration develops through the willingness to just keep reconnecting, reconnecting with that intention over time, that intention does 
from time to time grow into the quality of metta itself. And then the concentration can be cultivated on that feeling over time. So just the the, the feeling of that open-hearted warmth, that connection, that quality of open-heartedness. So with difficulty, working with difficulty in this practice, I mentioned earlier a little bit how to do that, but I'd like to kind of just lay it out there because there's some kind of a framework for this practice and for working with difficulty in this practice. So to begin with, the the first kind of line of um, exploration around difficulty is to just see if you can uh, open your heart to the difficulty and continue with the metta in whatever, whatever way you've been doing it. So in this last sitting, I noticed I was doing metta for my friend and I felt a kind of a heaviness in my heart. So she's like, okay, well, that heaviness is okay. You know, I don't have to... Actually, you know, one of the things I reminded myself of at that moment was this is purification. This brings to mind things that are not metta. And so that's like, okay, you know, the metta is working, you know. So, so that, that kind of lightens my heart a little bit to remind myself that the metta works as it brings um, feelings that are not metta. So I just, okay, just feel that, feel that feeling of heaviness and keep going. You know, so that there doesn't have to be a conflict, you know. It doesn't have to be a problem that there are feelings of a little bit of rub while we're doing the metta. If it gets so challenging that it feels like you're having to force those phrases, so this is pointing back to the level of effort again, um, that if it can be, if the, the phrases can be light, uh, kind of, I, I think of it as a light, lightly said in the mind. It's like, may I be happy? You know, just is a very light touch. And then just a light touching into the area of the heart. So that the level of effort is just enough to meet that phrase, say that phrase, understand that meaning, just in that, like, you know, few moments that it takes to s- express that wish. That's all of the, the kind of effort you need to put in. If it feels like you're kind of pushing, that it's, it's really hard to stay connected with the metta because something difficult has come, bu- come up, the next um, instruction is to let go of doing the metta towards that person and then transition to where it's easier. This practice works from where it's easiest. There's an image of, um, you know, the, if you think of water, uh, pools of water, there's this place in Hawaii, this image always comes to my mind when I think of this analogy, where there are these seven pools of water and waterfalls moving down those seven pools. So the water flows down the mountain and fills up that first pool, and then it overflows into the next pool, and then it overflows into the next pool. And it's kind of like that with the, the metta. When we come back to where it's easiest, we're allowing that reservoir of metta to, to accumu- accumulate. And then as that accumulates, it begins to kind of almost want to spill over to other beings. And so if it's too difficult with, with one being, just transition back to, to where it's a little bit easier. And if it feels too difficult to do with any of 
the beings, then um, the, the next suggestion is to try wishing freedom from the suffering that you're experiencing in that moment. The difficulty, whatever difficulty has come up, to turn towards that difficulty and just wish for yourself, may I be free of this difficulty, may I be free of this struggle. So that's moving to the terrain of compassion practice, still in the same territory as the metta practice. And if even that is too difficult, you could try uh, switching to Vipassana practice. Um, just What does it feel like to be here? Let go of the phrases altogether. Just can you be with this feeling? Have a sense of, of the allowing of the mindfulness practice to allow you to hold that feeling. And then when that feeling settles, you can move back into the, the metta practice. So we have a few minutes for questions, if there's any questions. Um, Yeah, Bruni. I notice um, I'm noticing that when I when I think about my benefactor or a dear friend or that <laughs> makes me smile. Uh-huh. Um I'm curious about how does mudita joy um, relates with metta in uh-huh. that moment. Mm-hmm. So the um, the quality of metta is a quality of open-hearted connection without um, without any barriers or boundaries. So that's kind of a description of the pure sense of metta. But metta is always meeting something. You know, that, that heart that's open will be meeting something. And when that open heart meets someone else's happiness, the kind of resonant quality in the heart is that joy, that sympathetic joy. So it's it's as if the I mean it's not as if it, the, the the sympathetic joy the mudita that you're talking about is a it's kind of like a facet of metta that that open heart is the basic metta quality and when that that open heart just meets whatever it it is it's going to resonate with something and it may be the joy of that that being. It may just simply be the sense of them being alive, which may be more the, the feeling of the pure purity of metta. When that open heart meets suffering and doesn't push that suffering away, the response is compassion. So the compassion, the, the, the Brahma-viharas here, the divine abodes, the, they're all within this terrain of metta that... Uh, metta is the basic quality of the open heart. When that open heart meets suffering, 
compassion is the natural response of that open heart. When that open heart meets joy, success, well-being, the natural response is to kind of resonate in kind, to be happy in kind. And then the fourth of the Brahma-viharas, equanimity, is... um, It's the kind of quality of mind that allows us to really open because uh, when that open heart is meeting joy and sorrow, if we're not completely balanced, there'll be some contraction around it. And so metta and equanimity work together in a way to allow us to open to compassion and sympathetic joy. So we um, can move into our lunch period now, and we'll have about an hour and 15 minutes for lunch from now. It's about, well, it's a little before 1230. Um, Maureen, would you help people kind of get the tables out? Um, So during the lunch period, you can continue with uh, the, the practice. You could play with, you know, continuing with uh, the, the phrases for yourself, perhaps. I mean, the act of feeding yourself is an act of kindness to yourself. So you can just reflect on that. Um, and we'll have silence during lunch. So um, just stay with the practice. And I'll ring a bell at a little, maybe tw- 20 of. We'll come back together at quarter of. No, I'll ring the bell at at court. We'll come back at quarter to two, and I'll ring the bell at one thirty-five, so that there's a little time um, for you to to get back here. Let me think if there's anything else I want to say. Oh, there's one little piece. Um, if you didn't bring a lunch and you need, um, you don't know this area and would like to find out where you can get some food, just come ask me. I'll hang around here for a few minutes. I can direct you to some places where you can get some food. So enjoy your lunch.